Greetings and welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with Morris Sachs. Good evening, Morris. Hey, Liam. How are you? Ah, uh, I'm wonderful. How about yourself? I'm back Good. on. I'm back on the sunny yet cold East Coast. Um, and there was a little touch of spring the last Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, apparently. So um, everyone was out in Central Park, putting on their SPF 50, soaking up the rays. And it's light out until 7.30, so hope spring's eternal. And I'd like to think that we finally turned a little bit of a corner here at home. That's great. I, I, uh, I'm delighted to hear that. Um, because I, I was looking at the local newspaper, local meaning like the New York newspaper, mm-hmm. And um, there's some stuff going on that is less than exciting. Um, what What is the headline that stood out at you? Let's, what's What's the bold print that got you? Well, Where do you want a, to start? It's a It's a unholy trinity. First of all, um, J Lo and A Rod have split. Uh, that's a rumor that okay. I cannot confirm, okay, and okay. A Rod has denied it. So okay, okay. well. Um, you knew there was something going on when the Major League Baseball team, the Mets, was sold to uh, ah, the, the, uh, the your neighbor. Well, <laughs> we're, we live in the same town. Okay. Um, then the second thing was uh, that young gal Elizabeth Holmes is apparently with child, which yes. is uh, which is a blessing, Baruch Hashem. Yes, um, yes, yes. But uh, I think it was a little rude of her because someone's going to have to raise that kid for a while. <laughs> she's behind bars. Uh, um, she'll she'll get out quick because of COVID and and good behavior, and she's got to be able to grease somebody to to go to the country club for uh, a little while, and then she's done. No, I, I you know what I I don't know. Okay, um, one can hope. And then finally, I, I was shocked, shocked. To learn that the Governor Mario Cuomo <laughs> had, his, had his hands in the cookie jar. No. Um, so I, I I don't – I'll tell you what. It's uh, – I, I just – it's an amazing time we live in, isn't it? It really is. Um, and those have indeed been the headlines. Uh, there's a an enormous winter storm in Denver, which is nice. They're getting two feet of snow, so people get to ski a little bit. And yeah. you've still got 75 and sunny out there, right? Uh, it's not 75 today. It was in the 50s, but the sun was out. And uh, I think it's supposed to be high 80s by the end of the week. So that's, wow. that's great. I'm now, really you mentioned – you mentioned last week that you were going to start training for Leadville. Can I can I get a little update yeah, on that? Yeah, I've uh, I have crossed the Rubicon. Um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to uh, line up again for the third time and hopefully shave a minute off of my time. Um, so uh, I did some training and uh, um, we're going to try something a little different. I think this year. Okay. Um, I was discussing it with the missus, who's really not uh, in love with this idea, but I'm thinking of going out to Colorado maybe three weeks before the race this year. Awesome. Yep. And see if I can get some red blood cell adaptation. Uh, so I think um, that's awesome because flying in on Thursday and racing on Saturday, I think you're probably fine. 
But if you can, I think that three weeks of acclimation to altitude will do wonders. You know, the thing I did here, I don't know if I mentioned it to you. Um, when we were here uh, in early January, we got one of those instant COVID tests because yep. we were going to see some friends who were kind of vulnerable. And the people who did it are these, like, they call them local IV nurses. Okay. And what they got started out is they they have a company that drives around. These are registered nurses. And basically, they were traveling from house to house, um, taking the rich kids who were hung over from the night before and giving them the big IVs, right? Yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, yep. Anyway, I was talking to the nurse about that, and I said, you know, I, it seems like whenever I travel, the first few days when I ride, I, I don't ride very well, and I, I'm wondering if it's dehydration. So what I did this past trip was the day I got here, I got one of those uh, saline solutions yeah, with, yeah. Like, with some, like, vitamin C and B12 and stuff. And um, I didn't feel any different that day, but the next day I – I felt great. My legs felt great. And, wow. And so I'm thinking maybe uh, between the staying at altitude for a few weeks and then maybe getting that hydration thing once or twice. Um, and then plus the the um, the extra testosterone, the dexamethasone, and the EPO. Right. I'm, a, right. I'm as good as gold. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You just have to wear long sleeves to cover the needle tracks on your arms and, you, and you'll be fine. I've also uh, got a small... Uh, nuclear uh, reactor built into the bottom <laughs> bracket. So right. going, up, okay. going up Columbine, I'm just yeah. going to hit that little. Who's oh. it? Uh, Cancellara was rumored yep. to have a little button on his. Oh uh, yeah, on yeah. His the video is legendary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. So, uh, but uh, people didn't call to hear about Leadville, did they? They no, they, they want to hear about the markets, huh? Yeah, and you sent me, I mean, I, I've tried to tone down my relentless barrage of Bitcoin emails and screenshots of of all that nonsense. And, and I did a good job this week, partially because I was on vacation, but you sent me one on, I don't know, whatever, Sunday night, Saturday night about how it's how it finally crossed 60,000 and it was up whatever. What did you say? 9% yeah, since Friday or, or something? Eight or, eight or 9%. Yeah. What's your dollar at, by the way, if you don't, now that you've opened this can? Um, you know what? I'm afraid to touch the keyboard because <laughs> it'll, it'll right. lock us off right. here. Right, but, right, right. Uh, it's, I think it's close to $11. Wow. Yeah. A dollar yeah. is 11. No kidding. Um, yeah. So I, 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 you know, I, I digested that and I, and I took a look at my, my weekly watch list summary. Okay. These are my humble investments, my equities that I've purchased. And, and one of them is, is GM. All right. Well, general, general okay. motors. Okay. Right. That's yeah. Fair, fairly yeah. well-known strong brand. They make cars and trucks here in, in America. They were up 10% this week. Okay. Yeah. They didn't get a single blip of news or any banter about their, you know, reaching their, you know, milestone high, but they did 10% this week. All right. Corning glassware. All right. You know, Corning glass, you know, they used to make Pyrex dishes or whatever. Now they make windshields and iPhone parts again, 8.7% this week, but they don't get a blink of the, of an eye. So I don't understand why people are obsessed with making that 9% over the weekend in Bitcoin. Whereas you can have GM, pays a dividend, glassware plays it, pays a dividend, gets no publicity, and will not 
you'd like to think correct by 20 or 25% this coming week. What's what's why what why is that such a a difficult decision for people to make where the the Bitcoin appeals to them? You've you've really crossed over into uh, an air in an area of just psychology. It's it's so it's so disconnected from uh, reality. So um, you know our our pal. Kevin Muir and I, uh, we both uh, have Bloomberg machines, which of are, course. you know, once you enter the 1%, you're gifted one. <laughs> <laughs> you have um, to pay the subscription though, right? <laughs> oh yeah, I got to pay, but. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I sent him a note. I said, you know, I'm done with the, with the Bitcoin bashing yeah. because um, I'll explain to you why. So, um, uh I have a life insurance policy. I don't know whether I mentioned this to you, but I have a life. I have two life insurance policies. Um, one of them is with a life insurance company that has publicly stated that they bought a hundred million dollars worth of Bitcoin for their investment portfolio. Mm-hmm. And I looked at that and I said, you know, um, that doesn't feel like a safe investment. You you have the secretary of the treasury, Janet Yellen saying it's risky mm-hmm. all sorts of people saying that it's dangerous. So I, I said, you know what, I'm going to see if I can be a pain in the ass and maybe I can get an injunction from getting the insurance company to invest in Bitcoin. And um, so I contacted not one, but two law firms, Okay. okay. And I said, here's what's going on. And uh, I said, uh, you know, I do some research, but if you think it's not a laughable point of view, let's proceed. And uh, in both instances, I didn't get the call back, which to me is a, a, a general sign of, uh, you know, nishkit. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, I called, I didn't call it. I don't like talking on the phone. You know that, uh, no, of so I sent him an email and I said, Hey, uh, you know, what's the story? And it's like, Oh, you know, how about if we set up a conference call this afternoon and I can explain <laughs> to you why, um, why we can't, you know, we deal with the insurance companies and yet that, 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 so what time would you like to have the conference call. And um, uh, I, I know I've, I've uh, uh, taken an oath to, to be a little bit more politically correct, but I replied something along the lines of, you can take your conference call and shove it up your ass. Um, <laughs> yep. just, tell, just tell me that you don't want to do it. Yeah. Don't yeah, waste my time. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's number one. Um, continuing on. Uh, then I sent emails to a couple of uh, noted uh, of our elected politicians in Washington saying, I'm a retired Wall Street executive. I've been in the markets for 40 years. I've studied this thing. There's some things that I don't think are really being discussed, which should be. Uh, I'll make myself available at your schedule. Mm-hmm. Just give me 15 minutes of your time, and I'd like to explain it to you. And by the way, I have nothing to gain other than I just think I have some information. 
So long story short, I'm over four, right? <laughs> over two with the law firms, over yep. two with the politicians. So, so I said to Kevin, I said, look, I, I'm done. It's just like I've tried and uh, nobody cares and that's fine. And, you know, maybe, uh, I, you know, I, I, maybe I'm wrong. I, I was wrong once, I think. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, maybe this is the new thing, but uh, I, I'm just tired of fighting an uphill battle on it. So yeah. I'm going to yeah, set no, it aside for a while. Good. Um, no, I just thought of you when, you, you know, I looked at it and said, all right, well, if GM's doing 10% this week, Bitcoin did nine, but people, you know, it's like the... It's like the pretty girl at the dance that everyone wants to dance with and then has no interest in you. And, you know, she's still going home with the quarterback of the football team. So, well, he, he, you know how I, I like to say I'm no good at math, but I seem to talk about math all the time. Mm -hmm. So um, for a round number, Bitcoin's at 60,000. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you were lucky enough to buy it at 10,000, yep. which I almost did. And before and all, many times, right? Um, if you bought it at ten thousand, it's up six times. It's sixty thousand. You've made six times your money. Yep. Okay. Now, even the the most bullish guys, you know, the the bald headed guy and the and the twins are talking about a hundred thousand. I know. Right. So ten thousand to sixty thousand is you made sixty six times your money, right? Sixty thousand to a hundred thousand, you're not even doubling your money. Right. So, if I was just flipping quarters, I would say that the risk reward of this thing has changed dramatically. Mm -hmm. But once again, you know, I know. I, I, as one of my good friends would say, you think of it as pistachio nuts and not as anything in particular. Okay. And so, if it were pistachio nuts, I'd think. I don't need them at this price, yep. but um, anyway, you know, I I just I guess it's hard for us not to have a a, a chat about the the Bitcoin or or even the uh, the GameStop. I guess that was up a hundred percent again. Yep, yeah, that's Banana. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I just I, I love that. I think that's yeah. fantastic. Okay, so you are you're enjoying that that circus? I love that. I I love that. I wish they come back to silver. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, that that cheered me up. Yeah, and you know because it's the uh, what was that fairy tale? Gulliver's Travels. The guy ended okay. up on the island, and the mm -hmm. little people. You know, mm -hmm. it's these guys have got the stimmies, and they're yep. going out and they're buying these options. Yep. And it's uh, it's creating some pretty good volatility, which is which is pretty exciting. So yeah, I, I get a kick out of that because. You you get the the rich guys, the hedge fund managers, um, who uh, are on the wrong side of this thing, or 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 that guy Michael Berry, Doctor Michael Berry, apparently mm -hmm. had. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and by the way, I do take offense to the fact that you know he was the one that figured out the subprime crisis. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's great, and he mm -hmm. made a lot of money, and that's terrific, but. There's a lot of people who figured that thing out, and a lot of them, uh, and we know some of them, mm -hmm. have kept, kept a low profile on that because it's not a lot of sense to go around bragging how you're making a ton of money off of everyone else going broke and losing their home. 
but if, if that's how you roll, that's that's fine. Yep. Um, so uh, uh, anyway, where were we? No, well, you mentioned um, you know how you know you, you mentioned the word bullish, which is just that that just picks my ears up immediately because I've just uh, another week has gone by where the stock market has just been wonderful. Um, yeah, it's awesome. I, it's just awesome. It really is. So yeah. I don't see I don't see the bubble coming. Um, but maybe maybe I'm the sucker. So I want to know if if I'm doing it right because it feels good on a week in week out basis, and I don't have that nightmare every night of oh the Bitcoin could vanish twenty percent. I'm sorry for bringing it up again, but I've bought simple, steady dividend paying stocks, and the overall portfolio is up ten percent in six months. And and they're not going to zero. Okay, stocks don't go to zero, yeah. right? That's that's the new theme. Well the, um, the, well, the ones you're probably buying are unlikely to go to zero. If you're buying General Motors yep. and uh, Corning Glass, mm-hmm. and yep. uh, you know what else? Did, what else, Joan? J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan. How could you not? Yeah. It's yeah. It's yeah. the number one. It's the number one piece in my portfolio. It's up twenty four percent since I bought yeah. it. I don't know six months ago or something. Yeah. Twenty four percent. Yeah, that's JP Morgan's not going anywhere. I okay. I the way that I judged it, I said, all right, I do my banking with JP Morgan. I've done it there for 20 years. I'm gonna do it for 20 years. It's safe. Okay. When the economy comes back, it goes up. So I know that's not risky or sexy, but it's putting money in the bank every single week. So you know one of the things when you convinced me after a year to talk about these things was we were going to focus on, you know, kind of bigger picture, longer term stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I don't know much about general motors. I, I suspect they were up 10% because they are, uh, making more of a move towards the EV stuff, which, Mm -hmm. you know, history will decide whether that's a good move or not, but let's set that aside. So that's good for general motors. Um, Corning, uh, now this may be old school, but I imagine somehow they are going to benefit if we get some big infrastructure, uh, stuff. I don't think people use fiber optic cables anymore, but uh, maybe they do. I don't know, but let's assume that's going to do well. And, uh, the thing in particular about JP Morgan, why? Uh, your J.P. Morgan has done well is for two reasons. Traditionally, banks do better when rates go up. That's number one. Number two, banks almost always do better when the yield curve steepens, meaning when the long rates go up faster than the short rates do. So you had a double whammy uh, of help so you made a very nice call, and and I think uh, Jamie Diamond uh, is a is a class act. Um, talking about not a class act, um, there's some uh, bald divorce guy my age running one of the major investment banks, who likens himself uh, to a, a DJ, and there was something in the in the news today. It's on Bloomberg, apparently. Mr. DJ, head of investment bank, divorced, thinks he's cool. Um, um, 
he uh, he doesn't like when he's in the Hamptons and the and the people who work for him come up and say hello. Did you see that oh, article? No, I I didn't. No, it's, no, no. I no. believe I believe it's on the Bloomberg. So you know, I so I you know I have I have three daughters, thirty one, mm-hmm. thirty, and uh, twenty five, twenty six. I you know I I apologize to them, mm-hmm. For, mm-hmm. but but um, one of their friends, we were at a uh, we were at one of their uh, birthday parties at that Marivana place I talk about from time to time. You've been there, right? Love it. Yeah. Um, anyway, one of them uh, said either to me or to my daughter, every old man thinks he's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. 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 So <laughs> every bald, rich head of investment bank that's divorced thinks the chicks think he's cool and like them. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, when you've got that kind of money, you can take over the DJ booth, play whatever you want. And the young ladies will nod their heads and, and be happy to take your arm towards the end of the evening. There you go. There you go. Um, Call me cynical. Right. 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 So I'm glad that you, uh, that you enjoyed the, you had a little bit of schadenfreude on his part. Um, well, I don't know. uh, Schadenfreude. He's, he's, he's doing pretty well. Right, no, he's, he's okay. But I'm, I'm, I'm happy too, which is what's most right. important. No, and I'm happy too. Um, I feel like the, you know, I really, I, you asked me what I wanted to talk about this week, and I immediately responded, saying that I wanted to pound the desk and 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 read my my trading. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The um, uh, what is it when you have the thing? The manifesto, my trading manifesto, because I've been so oh, successful. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and. Maybe I'm doing it wrong, and and that it's just short term. It's just uh, it's just fool's gold. But I have thirteen stocks that I like. Okay, okay and they're all up. And when they go red, which they haven't, I sell them. Is is that is there any insanity in that? Um, or am I doing it correctly? Uh, I, you know, I. I don't know does how that to answer me, that really. Does I mean, that make I, me a momentum trader? Uh, I don't know what it makes you. I mean, I I think once again, I, I think um, uh, the three stocks you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like I don't pick stocks, right? No, you know, I know. That's kind I know. of my thing. Yeah. But right. I think you make a. I think we've made a a case that those are investments, right? Yeah, so, exactly. So I would invite you again to turn the map around and say, um, you know, do you want to hold these stocks for 15 years? And if, uh, if you do, then when they go red, here's sort of the question I would ask myself. And, Mm -hmm. and um, I'll, uh, I'll kind of channel Warren Buffett for a minute, not the um, greedy old man, I was uh, going to say, start a six, uh, $6 dinner. Yeah. So, so um, if they go red, and as I spoke the other week about re-underwriting them, meaning have you rethought your investment thesis? Okay. If your investment thesis, absent the change in price, is the same, then I would look at the Warren Buffett example which is Warren Buffett likes hamburgers. And if the price of hamburger goes down, he can get more hamburgers for the same amount of money. 
Okay. Bingo. Thank so you. if you're knuckling around back and forth, well, I, you know, I can't really help you with that. Um, but, you know, uh, that, that's how I would choose to answer that question, if, right. if and, I may. No, that, no, that makes sense. Um, and that it also leads to the one of the most popular phrases that gets so many headlines lately is, buy the effing dip. So B- BTFD. Exactly. So yeah. that's, you know, I've talked about before. I don't see the bubble coming at this point. If everything went down across the board, let's call it 10, 15%. I am loading the boat with everything I own because it's basically on sale to me. Is that I, I love these stocks and the, I love them for 15 years. They're long-term investments. So if they take a kick in the teeth because of a rate change or whatever, I'm just buying more at a better price or at a discount. Is is that logical? Well, um, I think that's a great. I think that's a great comment. And um, you know, one of the and if our friend Kevin is listening, I'm sure he'll chuckle because as as a trading manager, one of the things that used to just make me shudder was when a trader would put a trade on, and he'd say, "I hope it goes against me so I could add." Uh, um, so, you know, uh, it, because that was usually the, 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 the kiss of death, right? Right. Right. Um, so if this stuff goes down 20%, you think you're going to add. And, uh, I, I think that's a great concept, but in reality, you know, I've got all these great phrases, no battle plan survives the first gunshot. Right. And mm-hmm. typically what happens is, the market goes down and you know it 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 shakes people's conviction so that uh um so is an example you know i uh, i would not claim for a minute i get this right all the time i i mean f- far from it i i seem to just remember most of the things i've screwed up but uh you know that i've had a big position in the metals and I'm not going to waste everyone's time explaining how cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs that is, right? Mm-hmm. But what I did this week, and I, I told people, I think, last week, in the uptick this week in the metals, I sold 10% of my okay. position. Okay. Why did I do that? I did that for a few reasons. One is I've been at 100% of max limit the whole time. And... uh it's it's been wearing me out. Mm-hmm. And so I sold 10%, so thinking that if the market just keeps going up, awesome, home run. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make 90% instead mm-hmm. of 100%. But Fine. now if the market goes down, okay, I can buy something back. And is it really going to change the outcome? No, it ain't. But it's going to make me feel a little bit better about it. And so... You know, we all tell ourselves these sort of stories about how we're going to do things. I, I, I don't know whether this is the appropriate story, but um, it just as an example, um, you mind if I go and walk about here for a minute? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it's it's a weird thing, right? You get older, and you hear people say, "Well, if this were me, I would do that," or mm-hmm. you know, such as. So we were having dinner with a with a uh, a couple, Cheryl and I, 
six or seven years ago. And uh, the, the, uh, the concept of infidelity came up. And the other couple, you know, the wife was, well, if so-and-so, if I ever caught so-and-so uh, cheating on me, um, you know, that's the end of him. And he was like, yeah, I know, she'd, she'd kill me. And I'm like, you know, um, I, I, I don't know, I had a couple of drinks. So I, <laughs> <laughs> so I said, you know, um, look, I, I've never been through this myself, but I've been in a lot of tight emotional situations. And one thing I know is you don't know how you're going to feel when something happens. You might think you know, mm-hmm. but, and, and like I said, I was never in that situation, thank God. Mm-hmm. But I've been in a lot of weird places and it ain't like you think it's going to be, right? Yep. And so as we go down the rabbit hole on this thing, I don't know, like a year or two later, the guy has an affair and, and he gets caught. And so they go, they they separate. And um, anyway, uh, I bump into the lady uh, six months later and I'm like, oh, nice to see you. How you doing? Good, fine. What's going on? Well, you know, I'm, I'm so-and-so and I are talking about getting back together. I kind of looked at things and I realized I sort of pushed them away. And, uh. and all of a sudden, she, you know, she's morphed this thing into blaming mm-hmm. herself. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and, and, and by the way, the story could be the other way around too, right? It could have been the, the but, but my point is it's like, you don't know. Mm-hmm. And so if the market goes down 20%, if you if if you wake up tomorrow and the market's down 20%, you may well you may well stand there and buy something, okay? But I'll tell you something. There's going to be plenty of people that are looking at that thing and they're going to have trouble keeping their breakfast down. Yeah. And yep. uh, and you know how I know that? Cuz I've been there. Right. Yep. Okay. So I don't know. Was that too yeah, long-winded? No. We can no, always no. we no, can always no. pull that out and and final, right? No, 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 no. I love the I love the emotional um and psychological insight to it because, like you said, I I if I, but like you talk about returning the map around, and I know that I have a twenty-year runway to land this thing on. So if that happens, I don't get paper hands and panic and get out at a loss. I just sit tight with my diamond hands. Okay. And I start loading the boat at, at stocks that are on sale. Okay. And that okay. to me has, has been working. Is that too, is that too simple of an approach? No, or does I that- don't, I, you know, once again, it, these approaches are, are very is it even personal. An approach? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, well, it is an approach. I, I think it, it's a very personal approach, right? And and the approach has to be um, modified to the current environment. So um, the thing I would say to you is uh, what I think we talked about in one of the earlier episodes is about this notion of foundation, mm-hmm. right? I would always have a bunch of cash uh, on hand just because it helps you make better better decisions right and um but if you do have a 20 horizon and uh you like the stocks and you're willing to in year three 
realize maybe XYZ wasn't the right one and you want to swap out of it, well, then, then that's great. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's an approach. Traditionally, this is, this is why uh, I know they say the hardest time to invest is now, but it, it, I, I really find it is difficult because of the, the structure of interest rates. So 10 years ago, if we were doing this podcast, um, there'd be a large push on my part to try and get you into having some commitment to the fixed income markets. Okay. Um, but for the time being, I think that uh, given the M2, the money supply growth has been so epic that uh, for the time being, keeping my powder dry mm -hmm. and, the, mm -hmm. and the fixed income stuff, because, you know, traditional portfolio management would be 60% equities, 40% fixed income, something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And um, so for the time being, I think, you know, having a portion of cash, because once again, going back to the Warren Buffett thing, and, and this to me was a bit of an epiphany when I read that book, The Snowball. Mm -hmm. um, okay. That's pretty good. It's long. It's like 800 pages. I, I gave it to Mike, and uh, he said he read it, but I don't think he read the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you skim it, you know, yeah. the cliff notes, yeah. you know. Yeah. Did you see that? Did you see that thing in the very end where yeah. that poor girl <laughs> yeah. hung herself? Oh, yeah, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, you didn't right. read it. Um, <laughs> he, okay, so here's the epiphany. He has cash, okay, and when he looks at cash, he looks at it as an option, meaning he can use it to buy something whenever he wants. And when I heard that, it it made a lot of it made a lot of sense to me. You know, I, for me, being a guy that is tries to be incredibly efficient. Right. That's that's part of the success we had over the years is just being incredibly uh, adroit at minimizing costs and maximizing opportunities. I, I don't like cash sitting around. But now, uh, yeah, unfortunately, cash pays zero. But I have a better appreciation for the fact that cash gives you opportunity or the ability to act right? So uh, one of my big spiels I think I've given you is like, if you don't love your trade, if I, if you have a trade on that you don't love, get out of it, right? Because if you're sitting with the mediocre trade and you get some news and the news is bad for what you have, not only can't you get shorted, you can't even get out of your long. And so that's why uh, no marginal trades and, and keep a keep a, um, a a good healthy position of cash I, I mean I my cash level is embarrassingly high but uh, um, is that bother you that doesn't bother you you could still no, wait you don't, no. you've been out for a year I have been out for a year I, I I as I said I think last week I nailed the sell-off I, I just killed it and I had come up with some sort of valuation metric and I had my uh, 
basket. I had my huge basket out. That was my that was my retirement trade. I had fifty percent prepared to go into the S and P's, and I had a scale, and they never quite got there. Wow. Um, okay. Well, no, it, it, it's fine. You know, um, I've learned over the years that you know when you got money, something always is going to come along that's going to be pretty interesting if you're willing to be patient. Um, if you're trying, and now this is from a 60 year old, right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that to a 30 year old or 40 year old. I, I, unless they were extraordinarily wealthy and, and you know, that I don't traffic in too many of those people. Um, but you know, I think what you're doing makes, makes a lot of sense. It's not guaranteed over the next couple of years to work, but over the long term, which is what I keep thinking we're supposed to be building towards, uh, I think it's a good way to go. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I, I've tried to keep it simple. Um, I haven't messed around with any of the options. I have all dividend paying stocks. Um, can I be over diversified? Is that a problem? If I have 13, 14, 15, 20 stocks, if I love something, should I load the boat on what I love or do I have, or is it important to keep 13 different 14, 15 things separate? Um, back when I was in graduate school, they said that, uh, and I think it somehow has something to do with this thing called the central limit theorem which is statistics. Um, and it talks about like how many stocks or how many of a number do you need to represent the whole? Okay. So for instance, if you felt the stock market was 500 stocks, you wouldn't need necessarily to buy 500 of them to have a good representation. You could buy a smaller number. And I think that's what the central, theorem, central limit theorem does. And that's where I think they came up with the number 30. Okay. So uh, is 13 uh, too many? No. Uh, the, once again, it goes back to your style. I, I think with the approach you're talking about taking, which is picking stocks you love, okay, and holding them for a long time, 13 is certainly not too many. So for instance, there's two young uh, blogger uh, podcasters that I think highly of. One is that fellow Kevin Muir, and this other is this gal, uh, Lynn Alden, who mm -hmm. I think is terrific. Um, you know, I, I, I offer advice a lot, um, and uh, people are usually polite enough to humor me. Um, although they have enough of a following, um, at least I haven't said this to Lynn because I don't know her as well as I know Kevin, but um, I, I think they got too many things going on. Okay. Like I, I've seen, like I subscribe to Lynn's newsletter and she's got a portfolio and uh, she might have 60 different positions in there. Wow. And yeah. I, I mean, for me, and clearly I'm in a different boat. But I'm much more of the get out the big bat, wait for the fastball, and take a freaking cut at it. Okay. Got it. But, yeah. but, but, but I've been doing this a long time, and that's mm -hmm. my style, right? Mm -hmm. If 
what you're doing is building a nest egg for your wife and child. Uh, I think 13 stocks is is great. And and so to to take it a step further, and once again, nothing up my sleeve, right? Um, I don't know what those 13 are other than GM, um, Corning, and J.P. Morgan. Um, but I would set some sort of uh, ratio, meaning, you know, if you love, 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 it's a three. If you love, love, it's a two. And if you love, it's a one. And if you're meh, it's a, you're out, right? Got it. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. So I would probably do that. But to have 40% in one thing and 2% in another, mm-hmm. I don't, I think that kind of, I think statistically that's a bad play. Um, yeah. I can't prove it statistically, but my gut tells me that. No, no, that makes me feel uh, makes me feel wonderful, frankly, because that's what I, I've done. I've listened to you tell me that if I don't love it, get out. Um, and if I and I, if I love it, then then to swing for the fences on it, which I haven't done, but I, I've increased my position in J.P. Morgan, for example. So that that that's heavy with me. Um, and and psychologically and emotionally, I, I feel great about them. So everything well, that you well, said tonight has been very helpful. Okay. Well, so for instance, one of my kids, um, uh, one of my kids, changed jobs recently, and uh, she got a huge increase in salary, and she was so happy. And I was FaceTiming with her, and you could just tell, just pure. You know, she was so proud of herself, and I was just so proud of her mm-hmm. uh, because I know how hard she works. And I said, you know, when we get off, okay, I want you to, to FaceTime yourself and talk about how good you feel right now. So when you're in the middle of something and you're like, what the blankety blank, what did I get myself into? You can play back about how excited you were. So as good as you feel right now, okay, um, I guess you'll have this podcast to listen to. But let me tell you, I, I, uh, I've i seen both ends of this rainbow. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's these, this phrase, when you're yelling, mm-hmm. you should be selling. <laughs> and uh, um, uh, I, I don't know, dude. There's yeah. so there's so much I, I I would love to be able to to kind of feed you. You know, I just yep. Uh, yep. There's so many things I've seen, and uh, it's just such a delight to be able to talk to you about it because um, there's a uh, a good feeling of passing the wisdom along. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess it's arrogant to say it's wisdom, but uh, no, absolutely not. It's a hundred percent wisdom. It's, if you're the professor and I'm the student, that's so you know you're sharing your wisdom. But the one point I want to make, though, is I mean, for as much as I think I figured things out, most of what I figured out is because I screwed it up. And it sounds pretty easy for me to tell you: if you don't like it, get out. Well, let me tell you, I mean, I, I understand how hard that is, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. When I traded uh, in, uh, for the firm, 
the decision to get out, I mean, that was a regime change. Like yeah. that was going to be a week or two. Mm-hmm. Although wow. there, there, there is one story. If I can ever get uh, my fish ski bum friend to come on to talk about mm-hmm. how he uh, unwound a position in forty-five minutes, and uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, um, and that was before high-speed internet. This was back on a, like a rotary phone, right? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember <laughs> what year it was. We were in, we were in, um, we were in. Uh, out west, I think in like Yellowstone. So I, I guess that was probably in the nineties. Okay. Um, but yeah. anyway, maybe if we ever figure out how to get a guest on this show, um, that would be a that would be a good thing. All right. Before you before we wrap this up, let me ask you: You're getting your shot this coming week. Well, I got my first shot last okay. week, and okay. so April seventh. Okay. Um, so let me ask you something. So somebody we know out here, a distant relative that we've been a bit estranged from, uh, we found out they don't live too far from us. So uh, we sort of said, well, maybe we'll get together. Mm-hmm. And uh, the person said, you know, I don't think I can get together on such and such a date because I'm getting my second shot. And I'm like, Okay. And I said to Cheryl, wait a minute, how old is that person? And Cheryl said, that person is 50. Mm. Now, um, I'm 60 in, in Arizona where we're at now. You don't have to live here, but if you're 60 or older, or I think 55 or older, you can get your shot. Okay. So I'm kind of wondering what was going on here. Now, I, I told you before, I'm not that very, I'm not judgmental about no. like, people doing stuff but you know i know this person they don't have any you know um comorbidities Mm -hmm. unless unless being an (laughs) idiot unless being an idiot is a comorbidity (laughs) is there you know they can check a box on the form you know (laughs) yes i yes i suffer i suffer from the dunning kruger effect yep yep uh so let me ask you. So you've got your first shot. You're getting your second one. How, how do you feel? Do you feel better already? Do you have a sense of, a, a, you know, some sort of of confidence or improvement? Or are you waiting for number two to be to, to get your bulletproof vest yeah. on? Well, I had the uh, the sugar high of like getting the first shot, which was okay. this is awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, now I'm kind of back into the, you know, we're trying to keep a low profile until I get the second one. So today's the 14th. So I've got like three weeks, right? Mm-hmm, three mm-hmm. weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's very easy for me to keep a low profile here. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. And uh, so we're going to do that. But I, I think really once I get that second shot, this is how my life's going to change. I'm going to uh, see some people I haven't seen for a long time Mm -hmm. and I'm going to eat a couple of good meals. Uh, and I'm going to go for some rides with groups, group rides. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. I don't see, uh, much else. What about you? When when do do you think you get, when do you, 
June, maybe June. Now, July? wait a minute. Uh, my understanding is uh, that in New York, if you're in the restaurant business, you can get the vaccine, right? Yeah. Yeah. My wife did some paperwork. Um, so she's got paperwork pending and she can go get a shot, hopefully at Westchester County Center soon. Yep. Okay. Because, yeah. you know, I mean, I would never suggest anything unethical, but, you know, if you were on the Morris, payroll there. Morris, people showed up. Like, for example, my buddy's wife. Oh, no, no. My buddy's mother went and got the shot and the husband was there as well and said, hey, you know, can I get my shot? And they said, sure, no problem. Go ahead, Mr. Jones. And boom, he got a shot. So it's not it's not as rigid and and formal as people make it seem. Um, but to answer your question, yeah, my my wife is on the list or is getting on the list. Um, but I'll be honest, when you, you talked about going to have a, a, a nice meal. I went to a restaurant and I saw a packed house with no space limits whatsoever. And I got really gun shy and I wanted to wait outside. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not going into a packed restaurant anytime soon until I get a shot. Um, but you, you're ready to go to Mary Vanna um, and sit down and have your horseradish trash vodka. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you read the paper of record, the New York Times? Uh, the gray lady. I do. Uh, I do read, I read the times digest every morning when I, when I can bear to do it. Why? What do you got? Well, there was something in there. It was like a photojournalist talking about people wanting to go like out into the clubs and dancing on a hot, sweaty dance floor. And oh. I mean, I'll tell you something <laughs> when the curtain comes down on this thing, it's going to be like <laughs> VE day. Yep. Yep. Oh, 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 I know. <laughs> yeah. It, it's already been happening underground and when it, you're, you're right. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. going to stay out. I'm going to stay out of the clubs this summer. Put it that way. Okay. We will you go to a fish show? I'm not going to a fish show until for I'll go to I'll, new, the new year's run. I'll go to, I would go to new year's. Yeah. By new year's I'm ready to go. If, uh, I was hoping we were going to get to go to New Zealand. Um, it's hard to be optimistic, but yeah. uh, yes, I uh, I will go to the. By the way, I was thinking if this vaccine thing goes, I was thinking of calling Fish, the band, you know, and suggesting they have the concerts. Do you think? I don't know if they've considered that. I bet if you wrote a big enough check to that Water Wheel Foundation. Um, that- I, I tell you what, they get a glimpse of this webcast or podcast. We're going to be writing a check. It'll yeah. be uh, you know, the, the, um, uh, the beginning of the song today. Um, yeah. Yeah. Chalk Dust Torture. Yeah. 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 They're gonna pull us off the air for using their stuff without copyright. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Well, you know what? Uh, guilty as charged, Your Honor. So, yep. Um, all right. What do you think? What What do you think about this week? What do you see um, happening in the markets? Uh, do you have any anything popping the bubble or or driving it up? Nothing. I think uh, there's some stuff from the Fed where they'll talk okay. about the the dot plots. Um, okay. I should know a little bit more about this. I, I, I'm embarrassed that I don't have it more dialed in, but I think there's a Fed meeting and people will look for this dot plot, which is how the Fed sees rates down the road. And so people will be scrutinizing that. Um, 
But uh, I think the key here to watch is the uh, what happens with the stimmies mm-hmm. and uh, what mm-hmm. people do with that. But uh, I don't know. I, I just okay. – I just that Rob Prince article I sent you from the yep. FT. It's just a very uh, it's a very sketchy time. So I, I think your approach right now, which is to be cautiously positioned in defensive, safe companies, is mm-hmm. I, I like that. Let me ask you one more thing before we go, and it's a word that's all day, every day is inflation. All right, how do they measure inflation? Okay, now when I see gas has gone from two fifty a gallon to three dollars a gallon, and milk has gone from four fifty to five fifty a gallon, is that is that inflation? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's what. The, yeah. So that's the. Uh, I mean, I I know we're running over here a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Maybe just try and be brief, but yeah, that that's the the sixty four dollar question here. Okay. So there's there's a school of thought, and I don't want to make it too complicated mostly because i can't <laughs> but no, I explain it is, to me like i'm five you know i'm I, you're talking you know, to a five-year-old. I, I, you know i'm okay i can't explain it to you like you're five but there's a school of thought that says that the stimulus that's going on here with what the fed is doing with the quantitative easing okay is not going to cause inflation. It merely changes the maturity of the government's liabilities. Okay. okay. I don't know that I'm doing that argument justice, but for those of you who want to delve more deeply into it, the economist's name is Lacey Hunt, and he's very well regarded, and I think highly of him, and that is his argument. So he claims we will not have inflation. On the other hand, it's a pretty big wager to say with M2 growth up 26% that we're not going to have inflation. So to me, it's created this internal conflict because if I was convinced one way or another, that would manifestly change how I would position myself. But I, I I just don't know what... What I found profound is the number of people who seem to have accumulated not just a billion dollars, but multiple Mm -hmm. billion dollars. Mm -hmm. And it used to be like to get to a million bucks meant something. And and by the way, it it does. Let's not kid ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. But... One million to ten million is a huge deal. Okay. Ten million to a hundred million is an insane deal. Okay. A hundred million to a billion is unfathomable. Right. And if you look at what the number of people just in the paper, not I don't know whether it's all true or not, but this guy's worth a billion, that guy's worth a billion, and and Warren Buffett's worth a hundred billion, and Jeff Bezos is worth a hundred and seventy billion dollars, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. like, you know, when you see numbers like that, it's kind of hard to think you're not you're not experiencing inflation. In just that, I know Jeff Bezos doesn't care what a gallon of milk costs, mm-hmm. 
But when money becomes that devalued, yeah. that I think that I think that says something. So yeah. we should be on. Uh, so I know, and we won't talk about what you do for a living, but you're going back to work this week, right? 6.30 tomorrow morning, back to work. Okay. Yep. So what we should be on the uh, on the lookout for is a couple things. One is your pricing power with clients, mm-hmm. right? Because you, mm-hmm. you sell a product, right? Absolutely. Yep. So if you can extract a better price, right, that's inflation. And then the same thing with uh, the restaurant, you know, yep. what happens with the input prices, Mm-hmm. Meaning the, the 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 goods and then the labor charge and then what can get passed along to the customers in terms of the cost of the meal. So I I think you are a perfect laboratory for us to see what inflation is. So why don't we think yeah. about that and 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 maybe next week we can talk a little bit more about that. And then I I do really want to spend some time talking about this fighter pilot named John Boyd. And oh, yeah. this thing he invented called the uh, Oda Loop, uh-huh. which I think uh, I, we can both talk about it like we're five-year-olds, but I think okay. that would be of great value. What's the so, name of the book? What was the name of the Boyd book? Boyd? It was it was his uh, autobiography. Yeah, but that book was it, awesome. It, it wasn't an autobiography. It was a biography. Biography, but, yeah. But yeah. John, John Boyd, yeah. Okay. I don't remember the title, but it, it's on Amazon. You could probably get it for $3 used or mm-hmm. something like that, so. Mm-hmm. Um, all, right. all right yeah i'll report back uh what you know enjoy your week you ride yeah, the bike you and yeah. land low right yeah yeah all right buddy it's been fun we ran long but uh you know there's a lot to talk about there's a lot going there on is. there is hopefully uh we can get this uh printed and not screw it up right exactly all right my man i'll talk to you on sunday okay cheers thanks buddy